You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. Welcome to episode 214 of PHP Ugly. I am in a very positive space right now. We have a COVID vaccine that's literally weeks, if not days, away from emergency approval. Our authoritarian government is running out of steam for their coup attempt. And that looks like it's coming to an end. And I'm here on a Thursday night. Talking PHP with the two people in the world I'd rather not be with. I love being with. John Congdon? <laughs> and you let in with politics. What a guy. Thomas it's Rado. number one on our list of things. Hello. And I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson. Hey, what's your name? See, I, I, I put myself last because That's because I'm you forgot Superman. yourself. <laughs> if you our, our listen to the podcast, dictator. you should know that we record. Every Thursday, except for next Thursday, because it's Turkey Thursday. But we typically it's record not, Thursday, starting around nine o'clock. It's not o'clock Turkey Thursday; PST. it's Thanksgiving. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so feel free to pop in and join us. Uh, you can talk to us in Discord. We already got people talking to us in chats, uh, Discord chat, YouTube. For some reason, Periscope still isn't working. I don't know if I care enough to fix it, but I will look into it this week, I promise. And yeah, good week, guys. It's a good week. I, I'm, I'm being positive. We're going to end We're gonna end this year on a positive note. It's been a rough freaking year, brothers and say, sisters. It's kind of kind of awkward with you being so positive. I'm not used to it that way. Being this positive. Get used to it, buddy. Almost too positive. This is my new... I got new medication. I'm in a happy place. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm going to tell you guys how my weeks went, because I always ask how you guys did, and I don't... Yeah, you're always last on the list. I had a good week. I've been rocking some code. I spent the last two days... Two days, I spent fully doing them... Not even using PHP Storm anymore. And got to admit, feeling pretty good. I I had um, wavered for a long time from Vim as my everyday development tool. And I'm not committing to it being my everyday development tool now. But it felt damn good to be back in there. Um, when I got the System76 machine, I, uh, I really started looking at my Vim configuration because I hadn't, like I said, hadn't really been using it every day as my main driver. So some of the plugins weren't configured optimal and there were some new plugins. I switched over to uh, NeoVim, NVim, which has some, you know, nice added features to it. So I've been tweaking it for the last couple of weeks and I finally got to the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to spend a day or two just using Vim and mm, it felt good, man. It felt so good. The, the tools, the, the, the way it's implemented now, there's not that much difference between uh, the way I use PHP Storm and NeoVim or NVim or for me, Vim anymore. It's, it's pretty, I, I have that IntelliSense happening now. The only thing it's not doing is not, it's not making suggestions like um, PHP Storm does, which I, I'll admit is, is a nice little perk in PHP Storm. But yeah, I almost had to switch over to PHP Storm today because I wanted to do Xdebug. And uh, unfortunately, my, my buddy who usually helps me out with my configuration of Xdebug um, uh, wasn't The, the wasn't sad available. part is I was, I was like a mile away from your house and I could have just swung by and helped you out. And I was like, mm, 
Nah. Chose not to. Well, that's that's sweet of you. And it's not that I can't do X debug in in Vim. I I just haven't I ha- I haven't had the time to configure it yet. Um, I might do that this weekend though because I am really really digging. I mean, I'm moving. I don't know what it is, but I move so much quicker in Vim than I do in PHP Storm. And really. It, yeah, I, I can't even explain it. And, and I, I have this new, I, I don't know if it's a Vim plugin. I think it's specific to uh, NeoVim. I installed this new thing called Telescope, which is a new file navigation system. Oh, man, I, I love it. I am so, so happy with my Vim configuration right now. If I, I need to, so even in PHP Storm, I tweak how uh, how it formats my PHP files when I hit, when I save. So in, in Vim, I have like a standard, uh, PSR two format defined, but there are things in there that, that like, I like to line up the, the equal signs and things like that, uh, in their array rockets and all. I like those things being lined up. So I need to go in and, and tweak it, customize it. So Vim formats things the way I want it to format it, but it still formats it to PSR standard. As there are things I'd like to tweak, but yeah, it feels good, man. I'm a happy camper. So, I so do you get the the static analysis in line while you're coding as well? Like, hey, this you're you're supposed to get back at this type of object here, so that when you're using it later, it knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, I'll, I'll show it to you sometime. It, it's it, it's really. I mean, it, and it's all one plugin. It's that conquer of code, or I think that's what it's called. It, Cock, C-O-C, Conquer of Code, I think is what it is. But uh, it's that, that one plugin is what ties IntelliSense into it. And it's just smooth as butter, baby. I am loving it. But I, I did some work with data tables this, this whole week. Uh, the client I'm working on has a big implementation of data tables. And I was really intimidated by it. I like didn't really want to take on this task because uh, it was a lot of data tables, but got my head around it and kind of piled through it and was really happy with it. Data tables is a JavaScript library, right? Yeah, fortunately, I didn't have to do any JavaScript. Uh, they have uh, some sort of PHP plugin or bridge to it, so it was actually really simple. Once I once I started understanding how they implemented things and where things were, because uh, it's it's a little it's very. Uh, uh, it's just it's, it's not extremely straightforward, but once you get your head around it, the, the workflow makes sense. So, yeah, the yeah. the data tables that we use uh, can actually handle uh, eloquent queries. So when you do sorting and filtering, it handles it automatically by modifying the query. So it's it's very nice. So it's been it's been an enjoyable week. I, oh, and then I got to talk with uh, Andreas. Um, oh crap! What's Andreas' Hi. last name? Heigl? Yeah, okay. That sounds right. Is Heigl? Heigl? Yeah. Uh, over in Germany. Um, he's somebody I, I followed on Twitter for a long time. Um, he's got a really good reputation in the PHP community. And again, just such a positive person to talk to. Very, very humble. Very uh, just engaging. Uh, just enjoy it. I, I, I tell you, I, I realized that I am I, I'm so fortunate that I've managed to weasel myself into the position I'm in with a PHP architect and doing community corner. Cause I've told you guys for a long time, I'm actually a fan of this. I'm a fan of development. I'm a fan specifically of PHP and they're, they're, people in the PHP community. I have followed for a long time. And I've, I've realized it's like, I'm like, I'm like a, a sports uh, writer. 
Like, I really enjoy sports. I might even play it, but I'm really not that good at it. But because of who I am and what I get to do, I get to talk to everybody who is good at it. And uh, That's a great that's analogy. Kinda, I like it. That's kind of how I feel. You know, like, I get to talk to all these great developers and all these people who are making changes in, in PHP community, people I, I've admired and followed for years. And I tell you, I, I, I haven't been disappointed by any of them. Um, eh, eh, mm, there's eh, that one. Eh, but, uh, mm. but uh, yeah, it's, I, I just, I'm so, I'm, I just kind of been assessing things for myself personally in what I'm going to focus on in the next year. And I'm just so happy. I'm happy with, everything that I've been able to do with John and running the business and things I'm doing with PHP architect and things I'm doing here on the podcast, everybody I get to meet, everybody who reaches out to me. I mean, I I've made more friends through this podcast than I think I've made my entire life after Dude, high school. I like, I, mean, I like this version of you. Like this super, <laughs> this happy upbeat version of you is awesome. Yeah, It's yeah. making me uncomfortable. <laughs> That's the problem, you know. These manic depressions uh, come and go, and when they're gone, it's just it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm um, good, man. I'm a good place. What do we got? What, that's have, good. We got people talking to us here. Buttery, what? Uh, conquer of completion. Thank you, Buttery, very much. Yes, Buttery Crumpets coming to my rescue as always. Guess which language server is implemented? Implementation used. Uh, it's just, um, I, I think it was just like a PHP-LS is what it is. I just used the basic one. Uh, seems to be the most features locked behind a paywall. Yeah. So I did pay I did pay for the uh, IntelliSense. It's, it wasn't a hefty bill. I forget what it was, but I was surprised that, that you had to pay for it. But yeah, I did pay for that IntelliSense hook. So yeah, I, I will, I will t- let you know that. Yeah, and... Again, we we use these these tools for business, and it's to us it's a business write off. So it's well worth whatever it costs, unless it was you know extraordinary. But usually, we are willing to to pay for the tools that we use because we and, make and money from the language. It's such a complete game changer. I mean, like I said, I've used Vim for years. John's used Vim for years. I've always tried to do those auto completions uh, plugins, the ones that use the C tags. Yeah. And they, they were always like really fragile. Like when they worked, it was great, but it was always kind of a struggle to get them to work correctly. And this uh, uh, Conquer of Completion really kind of just addresses all of that for me. So it's, it's, I, I I won't say it's worth it for you. I I don't know your situation or your status, but for me, I mean, I pay every year for JetBrains products, so it was it was definitely worth it for me. Okay, I'm done. I'm I'm out of I'm out of fuel. <laughs> I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been listening to PHP Ugly. <laughs> Time to wrap it up. Thomas, how was your week? Uh, pretty good. I've been reading uh, Laravel Cues in Action, uh, which is a somewhat frustrating book for me to read because it covers from the very basics all the way to the more advanced functionality and it it mixes some stuff i didn't know in the basics section so i have to read it even if i've already even if i already know this you know like the back of my hand because there might be something that sneaks in there um besides that just doing the regular work um what's what's an example of something that you learned from it out of curiosity uh, the the order that your queue watchers run is sequenced. Um, so if you have a supervisor and you say you monitor default and then 
Q1 and then mail and then profiles. If you have a job in in each of those queues, then it executes those jobs in the order that they're defined in the supervisor. So priority on supervisors is set at runtime for each queue. So it's not based on, it's not first job in no matter what queue it's in. Mm-mm. No, it's not. Huh. It's whichever queue has has items to pull or pop and hasn't, and comes first in the list. So you you can have if your default if your default queue is always full, then your secondary queues might never ever ever get executed. Oh wow! <clears throat> um, I I use Beanstalk D, and it's not that way at all. It's it's based purely on time in queue or. You know, first come, first serve, no matter what this you is, This in. is the Laravel supervisor. So Laravel it won't... Supervisor. Yeah, this is the Laravel job supervisors. I'm not familiar not, with that. The supervisor is the script that runs you know, nonstop checking queues for jobs. No, no, I, I know it's... I know it, yeah, I know it's supervisor. I'm sorry. I know what supervisor is. I, what, what do you mean it's the Laravel supervisor, though? I'm not, I'm not sure what you mean. Is that Laravel has its own queue supervisors that it runs... Not not supervisor D. You talking about the, the right artisan commands? Yeah, the uh, artisan queue watch. Oh, those okay. are called those are called supervisors. Oh, I did, I never 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 see you learn you learn something from the book too. <laughs> <sighs> so it's it's a little bit slow of a of a read just because I've seen it and because um, I have trouble reading, uh, which I sort of never addressed in my entire life until. Monday. <laughs> so turns out I have uh, astigmatism in both eyes and I'm farsighted. Welcome I, to uh, old age. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm leaning that way too. I'm, I need to get to the eye doctor to have my eyes checked, but man, it's getting worse and worse every day. And it's driving me batty because I've always been so proud of my, my vision and how great it was. And that's now exactly now yeah, I'm finding that's... myself like, oh, I just can't focus on this. That's exactly where I was. I was started getting headaches every day, and I've never ever gone to the eye doctor. I've never needed to. I have perfectly good vision, but it turns out that like clarity of vision isn't everything. There's also like binocular effects that can give you headaches, even though you see perfectly clearly. You know what? You know what's even more hor- horrible is you'll get class like for me. You'll get glasses, then a year later you'll need another pair of glasses, like stronger glasses, mm-hmm. and and it just continues to go downhill for a couple of years, and finally it starts to starts to level out. Like I think last year I didn't actually need a new script. I think I was able to keep the same script, but yeah, it sucks. Well. And that that eye exam is such a bizarre process. I, I I had seen the like you know better or worse things that they do with your eyes before, mm-hmm. but I hadn't had the like checking for cataracts and checking for clarity test. Oh yeah, which is a flashlight directly into your eye. Well, and and listen, I, I am very open and liberal person i i'm very secure with my sexuality i i joke all the time because i'm per- perfectly fine with who i am sexually but my uh, eye doctor is a dude and he invades way too much of my personal space for way too long like he hovers like yeah, a little too long they're too close right to in there they're right in your face <laughs> i'm like all right man all right you, you got you got everything you need just back it up just a little bit just a little bit. So that's that's my big surprise for you guys next week. But we're not going to be recording. Is that I will have uh, I will have glasses next week. Oh, cool! That will be cool. Yeah. Yes, and, and then I'll turn forty next month. You need a breakdown, John. Just do it. 
Become one of us. <laughs> yes. Embrace the geek. <laughs> He's already got glasses. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. There you go. You look good. See, I hate that. I hate when people put on glasses and look better than I do. <laughs> these these are like, these are probably six years old and they're, they're not even really a prescription. It's like, Oh, put these on. It'll it'll reduce the strain on your eyes. I think that's a bunch of doctor horse crap to make money off you. <laughs> I'm going to sell you a piece of glass just to make you feel better. Well, I got the uh, anti-glare ceiling on it, too. So they're definitely uh, supposed to be better for computer time. Mm-hmm. But did you get the blue light reducing? Yes, that's yeah, that's the one. What about you, John? How was your week? I don't think we've heard from you yet. Uh it was a week. I really don't have a lot to share. I, I knocked out tasks. I got stuff done. Nothing nothing major happened this week. Although, sitting with my wife in the living room last night and just kept hearing these noises, I think I got rats up in the attic. Ooh. Oh, no. That, that's not fun. Well, especially uh, not as a vegan. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a hard one. I contacted a, a uh, humane pest control thinking they do live capture and release. No, they do live capture to euthanize. It's, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's harder when you're the invasive species. Yeah. <laughs> so now now instead of hiring someone to do it, I'll buy my own live traps and just release them outside because that's their space. As long pick as they're a, out of my house, I'm fine. Pick a neighbor you don't like. Yeah, there you go. Go, go get, get a cat house. and let nature take its course, man. I have a cat. Kitty. Oh, oh! You have a cat? Yes. Cats, put that cat up in the attic. Get a better cat. (laughs) Your cat's broken. (laughs) That or they're smart and they stay up high with it. They can't be gotten. Mm. No, so nothing, nothing big going on. It was a a good week. Cool. Well, I think we can wrap it up then. I think that's a good show. I think we talked about. Oh, oh my God! No, actually, no. Let me. I have things. Yeah, let me go back to something I did learn about PHP 8. You know how we're railing on named arguments? Yes. So I brought that up with a bunch of developers. And while they understand my my point of view, there are great use cases for it as far as code clarity goes. And I guess this topic was brought up in the RFC for named arguments. And there was a bunch of analysis done on code bases, like all the open source code bases and PHP core itself. And... The, the amount of times that argument names change is so low. So yes, it will cause uh, backward changing compatibility issues that we will become more aware of over time. You know, obviously when this first comes out and people are using it, it's not going to be considered a backwards, uh, a backwards change. You know, people aren't going to change their version numbers in accordance because they're going to think nothing of it until the community starts uh, some sort of backlash against those libraries. But over time, as they become more and more used, they'll be, it'll be uh, more well known that it's a potential issue. Mm-hmm. And the benefits of naming arguments, especially where you're just passing in a raw true or false, you know, like, and you don't know what that variable is necessarily where you, oh, now I got to go look at the docs or you have to have a an IDE like PHP Storm that will tell you what the arguments are, it will be a nice readability thing. Well, I, but- on that same note, I actually read a use case, and I was going to bring this up later, but uh, attributes will also be using named arguments, which makes attributes very readable. Okay, so a, a couple points. Um, the, the, the argument you just made, John, of... It, it, 
you know, when you want go to use a library, it'll be nice because you know, you know, what you need to use. But if you're using, if you're using it, you would need to know what it is anyways. Like no, it, no, it'll be more, the, your code will future, be more readable. No, it's right. The code you're writing future you and your, and the other developers on your team that are reading your code will be able to say, Oh, this true means it's an associative array in, uh, can't even think of the method now, but uh, yeah, I, JSON, I and, JSON and code, right? Mm-hmm. It's obviously JSON and code is one we use all the time. So we know what that true means, but in other use cases, it'll be nice knowing what the parameter is that you are just passing in this raw true for. Yeah. And I think I had heard that statistic as well, how little of an impact it made to existing code bases, but I'm curious about, or, or how, how infrequently uh, variable names are changed in existing code bases or, or argument names are changed in existing code bases. But I'm wondering if that's because like, when you're using name arguments and there's some visibility to what you named these arguments, if that won't be more of a thing, like you have lazy developers who just like name, okay, I'm just calling everything ID. And then you have developers who overthink things. It's like, okay, I'm going to call this, you know, uh, guide ID because I only, only want IDs from guides here. And yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, it is what it is. I, I got put in my place of, you know, your developer deal with it and, I, I don't have a good enough argument not to implement it, but I don't it, think it should be. I don't necessarily think you should use named arguments everywhere. Like, I don't think it's going to be every argument. You, I just don't think it's practical and necessary when you're so passing, what, when you're passing your in a, so I think my threshold personally, it's going to be mm-hmm. per developer or per yeah, obviously. team. But if you're passing in a variable, your variable is probably named. I'm passing in a contact my variable name is contact. It's probably known, but when you're passing in something like a, a raw string or a Boolean, like true or false, that you don't have assigned to a variable, it'll be nice to know what that parameter is. Mm. Or if you are now calling a, a method that has 10 or 15 arguments, but you only need to pass in five because you're going to use the rest of the defaults, you don't have to fill in all those other spots now. The best use case I've seen is when you have a lot of optional parameters on something. Um, you don't have to define the defaults all the way until the one that isn't the default. Isn't that <laughs> what, what I just said? Just said. <laughs> that's yeah, what that's... just said. <laughs> Literally just said it. <laughs> so, so uh, though, I guess th- this seems obvious to me, but I'm going to ask it just to make sure. You can't mix and match then, right? You can't. Like for mm-hmm. example, you you have something where you have five five parameters. You can't name a few and then not name the like. You can't have your unnamed ones and then name like the last one that you want to use or something. That's a that's a damn good question. I assume you could. I would assume you couldn't, but I'm well, glad that it's it was a good question because I don't know the answer. I guess we go to that that website yeah, and try it. That's where I was going. If trying to remember where I was at, Thomas is probably already there though. Oh, I'm looking it up. I'm not seeing anything. It's it's in Trello. It, yeah, I'm going right now. I, no, I mean, I'm 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 looking at the article. Oh, he, yeah, he's going to go to the playground and just just mess with it. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Named arguments. You guys keep talking while I. Oh yeah, you can. This out. Really. Mm-hmm. You can mix. You can mix them. How, you can, how does that work? Your first, as long as the unnamed arguments are in correct order in the beginning, and once you start using named or named arguments, you can't go back. Right. Okay, that makes sense then. So you I can, see. yeah, 
You actually get an argument. You get an error. Cannot use positional argument after named argument. That, that's that sounds right. That's cool then. Well, I'm glad I asked. I'm glad I asked. And then also one last thing on that topic. You know, again, I heard that it's it really happens. But to Thomas's point last week, of course, the one time it does happen is on the demo page where we're trying to show people the the, the <laughs> yeah. new feature. You know. So it's like, oh yeah, this this hardly ever happens. It never happens. Let's do a demo. Hey, it happened right there. Right. And that was that was my my argument when I was talking to the other developers. I'm like, but it happened within PHP core in a demo like application or just a demo of the new feature. Mm-hmm. And there was a whole lot of like that's it shit happens, you know. You <laughs> the <do>? demo gods. <laughs> Ugh. Right. I don't know. I'm still torn on it. I don't think it's going to be something I use everywhere, but there there will be use cases for it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my uh, I don't know what my threshold would be. Uh, you know, and, and will that would that be would that theoretically that w- could easily become like a a company's coding standard where they say, hey, you always have to use it, or you have to use it if it's more than two variable uh, two arguments. So yeah. I don't which, know. Which is. We'll see. I Which think it'd be, be fine, but it's you just have to be aware that it could cause you issues. I think it'd be more likely that the the company policy would be just don't use it. Plausible deniability. Yeah. Hey Brian and Lum, how's it going, guys? Joining us in in our chat. Uh, you guys use Let's Encrypt, right? Yes, yes, we do. It's just about everywhere yes. now. Yes. And you've heard about uh, what's going to happen in the uh, the coming weeks. Yes, I have. I actually I have. have I have about. not. Please, please do tell. Uh, Let's Encrypt posted a blog post that says, standing on our own two feet. And if you don't know how certificate authorities work, this will be an interesting education for you. Previously, the Let's Encrypt certificates were signed by a trusted parent. A a trusted parent is one of the few that is listed in the uh, browser or operating system's trusted certificate providers. Those providers can issue new certificates, lower level certificates, and they can also withdraw them. So a trusted provider could be told, hey, this site isn't what it said it was, and they can withdraw a certificate and say this site's no longer secure. Uh, Let's Encrypt in 2016 started their campaign to get themselves added as a trusted root certificate authority. But at the time that it launched, not enough devices out there had it added. So they decided to go along with having it signed by a parent certificate provided by somebody else. Well, their new transition is to using that 2016 certificate authority now. So starting How widely ju- accepted is it now? Uh, they have a map here. Pretty pretty, pretty widely accepted. I think, I'll, I'll, Thomas, I'll let you talk. Uh, after Android ice cream sandwich. So it looks like... They've got a 66.2% distribution of Android devices. Uh, As far as browsers go, or as far as Windows and Mac go, those get updated frequently enough that they have a very widely covered platform. Because at this time, it is operating system dependent, not browser dependent. Wait, what do you mean 66%? I thought you said after Ice Cream Sandwich, which would be 99% coverage. No, it, it, it goes down. That's the cumulative 7.1. distribution. That's oh, how... so you're saying it's it's only available after 7.1? Right. 
Right. Yeah. Which, oh, okay. I thought you said I thought you said after ice cream sandwich. I'm I, I'm oh, I'm trying that to interpret this. Yeah, I'm trying to interpret this graph on the fly, and I'm getting it wrong. Yeah, I I, I don't remember where, but they did they did call out Android devices, older older Android devices. Uh, here we go. Uh, prior to seven point one. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly where Thomas said. Uh, that okay. Nugent, uh, Nugent, yeah. Um, so Oreo Pie, Android 10, all those will be fine. But that's a big, I mean, that's a big market for Android. That's one of the things that Android, that's really different between the Android market and the the uh, iOS market is these older devices, especially in, in other countries, hang around for a long time, a very long time. So, yeah. I don't know. And there's no plans on pushing some sort of fix out to the older devices? Well... They mention that you can use what's called an Acme alternate link relation. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, besides that, they say, hey, Firefox on Android on old Androids will work. Yeah, I'm seeing that. That's that's ba- It sounds like that's what they're recommending is yeah. now, Firefox. They're saying that because this blog post was written one day before Chrome released the statement that they would be uh, – switching to their own root certificates as well. So instead of using operating system root certificates, Chrome would use the distribution root certificates. Mm-hmm. So, so so theoretically, as if you update Chrome on your older Android, it should work. Yes. So says theory. Yeah, so that's, that's the stuff. I, and this is not going to affect existing certificates your certificate has already been signed by a different root authority but new certificates issued after january 11th will be affected so because there's a one-year period of time on uh most let's encrypt certificates no three months on Mm -hmm. let's encrypt oh is it yeah Mm -hmm. let's encrypt has always been three months you have to have so then then by april Everyone who's going to break will have broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that most analytics programs let you track which version of Android your customers are using. Mm-hmm. So that's something to take into account. And if you're not comfortable making that jump, you can always go out there and buy a certificate from one of the old authorities. So knock yourself out. So listen, um, last week I, I brought up the fact that uh, none of us have been on Voices of the Elephant elephant but uh a certain one of our listeners uh they, they have been um i have a follow-up question have any of you ever been published on laravel news no nope. no yes no you've been published on laravel news yeah when i was working on iron io no well then you're in good company because you knew who else <laughs> got published on laravel news fucking, fucking steve. steve fucking steve <laughs> Every week it's fucking Steve. I swear to God, guys. I, like I hope he likes his bit. <laughs> That's true. We haven't we haven't heard from him since we started. Yeah, no, he he pinged me. He pinged me uh, in Discord. He's he pops into Discord to laugh at us. Stop calling me fucking Steve. I think he even changed his name in Discord to quote Steve. <laughs> Exclamation point. And and Lumjacker from Twitch, if you're still with us, we're not calling PHP ugly our show is ugly and we talk about php just wanted to clarify that we love php we use php every day it's how we make our money i literally went on a 10 minute rant at the beginning of the show of how much of a fan i am yeah yeah it's it's i it's ironic title lumberjacker 
I got the, much uh, like your name, lumberjacker. Are you a real lumberjacker? I want to know. Well, our, our listeners no want to know lumberjacker. There, so. Yeah, it's no, a it's lum, not. lumjacker, which is a unit of money from a video game. Is that what a lumjacker is? Yeah, I never. I, I gotta look that up now. I didn't know that was a thing. All right, lumjacker, are you a unit of? Mo- it isn't. Oh, that's not. That's definitely not what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you're not sharing your uh, screen there. Uh, yeah, uh, a lum yeah, is a Rayman, a Rayman reference. Oh, really? Cool. Um, so you're totally nice. hey, Anyway, we went off on a tangent there. Sorry, Lumjacker. I mean, everything I'm seeing, even for Lumjacker, just doesn't come back very positive. I want you to know that. I really need to update my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> So no, Steve, Steve is published. Google that. Steve is published. Yes, he uh, he came out with an API for Envoyer, uh, Envoyer service, or the the Envoyer service is out there. You you can pay for it. It's one of uh, Taylor Taylor's uh, services that you can sign up for, and uh, he created some APIs for it. So so yeah, Steve continuing to continuing to give much better. That's why I told Andreas. I'm like I'm such a I'm such a like there's impersonator you know there's that imperson uh, impersonator syndrome whatever imposter. I am actually that imposter syndrome I am actually that I talk a big game I I talk about how much I embrace it you you don't see me doing open source stuff you don't see me making packages and and publishing them no no I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a Charlotte 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 uh, uh, whatever Charlotte. Uh. I, I re- released an open source package last week. What did you do? Uh, it's under the phone burner open source uh, domain. And it's mm-hmm. we're integrating with DNC scrub.com, DNC.com mm-hmm. for the do not call list. And mm-hmm. they don't have, I couldn't find a PHP library that was already out there. So I had already had one and open sourced it and enhanced it. I mean, it still has a long way to go, but it's being used currently in its current state for better or worse cool i need to do something i told andreas i'd take a look at it. he had he so andreas is the guy who does um one of the several things that he's behind is uh php.ug is that what it is the php user group user maps groups. yeah mm-hmm. so he's, that's a little um, too close to php ugly do we have a trademark on him you know i didn't even think to bring that up damn that was, that was, yeah, no, I didn't think. But if you go to php.ug, uh, it's a world map, uh, that shows you all the registered user groups in, in, in your area. Well, not all of them, all of the ones that people have bothered to register. It doesn't magically, magically go out and register user group. But he was mentioning how, um, some of the user groups, a lot of the user groups actually now with COVID have fallen out of, uh, they're not current anymore. And so, um, he, he needs to come up with a solution that would automatically scrape things to try to determine if user groups are active. If so maybe- one, if, if he's listening or wants ideas, one of the websites that I use for our ultimate Frisbee game, every 100 days, you have to say, yes, this is still active. So you get an e- <clears throat> basically you get an email saying, you know, your, your game is expired. Click this link to, basically reactivate it and if you don't click that you basically fall off the site ah that that's probably that's a way easier approach than what i was thinking about doing jesus <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't stop people from saying yes it's still active even if it's not so but it's, i think it's that's not fine. a foolproof thing yeah 
No, I don't think he's looking for a foolproof thing. I think he's just looking for just some sort of acknowledgement. Because, like, even, like, SDPHP, I wouldn't technically say it's dead. It's definitely inactive, but I wouldn't want it to be considered... I wouldn't want it to fall off the map. Like, when COVID goes away, we start meeting up again. Yeah, I'd like to, we'd like to get to that point. So I it, would it, definitely... It'd be, a nice, it'd be nice to be able to have a, are you active or inactive? And... Obviously, prior to COVID, you'd probably just have, hey, click here if you're active and let people mm-hmm. just reactivate. And then once COVID hit or, you know, whatever happens next in the world, have that temporarily suspended or, you know, some other way to change the status of your group so that it's yeah well known. That's a good idea. You know, I'm going to fork the repo. I'm going to pull it in to make sure that they're even tracking the people who register the user groups because i don't even know if they're doing that and if they are i'll try to i'll try to write a quick script for them that that does that and maybe i will contribute to this i had a much more complicated approach as i i've all i always over engineer this stuff you know how i roll john Hmm. don't be surprised (laughs) all right and now i want to hear what your solution was how do you clone how do you clone now in the new interface i don't see i see how i i see how i can download i don't see how you clone a a repo now on github the button just says code instead of clone now yeah but i I don't when, want to pull it down. Yeah, but I, when I you click on the it. button, it's a drop down that lets you close. You want to you want to fork it up in the top right, right? Fork. Is that it. What you're looking for? Yes, I'm looking for fork. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's the top Thank right. You, John. <clears throat> yes, I am going to fork it. I'm forking. I'm forking now. I uh, I upset the Laravel <laughs> Elite this week. I have. I want to get back to that, but I, my good buddy <laughs> Matt Lance is in the process of of deploying his first Hello World in human form and it's been a long day for that guy i hope everything's going well but i i i want to throw a name in the hat i think he should call his kid enterprise elite just to piss everybody off just piss off everyone okay how did you upset the laravel elite thomas well i'll give you a hint the question was laravel devs what are some things you wish you knew when you first started and I responded. Okay. How did I miss this? <laughs> I have I have notifications when you post, Thomas. I should have caught this. Oh, really? That's what not did, good. What did you respond with? Uh, there's going to be a new version every week. <laughs> it's not a new version. It's an update. It's not like it's a completely new version. They're just fixes every week. It's a rolling framework. Like, well, go I got ahead. I got downvoted to oblivion. <laughs> And the one oh, was this on, was this on Reddit? Yes. Oh, that's why I didn't see. And it. the one response I got was: uh, major versions are on a six-month release cycle. There shouldn't be any breaking changes in between those. And I refrained from replying by just highlighting the word "shouldn't." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, I got a fire! But I was I was actually wrong. Is there this were, in Trello? Did you there were two versions this week. Come on, Thomas. No, this is not in Trello. I do not highlight my failures. Oh, come on, man. It wasn't a failure. That's a win in my book. What are you talking no. about? No. That was, that was downvoted to oblivion. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's still a win in my book. <laughs> uh, Nikita Popov, uh, you guys may know, no. uh, one of the main contributors to PHP Source, has created PHP Crater. Crater? Crater. So he calls it unaware. He calls it a cheap ripoff of Rust Crater, which is a experimental tool to run across 
parts of the Rust ecosystem. Its primary purpose is to detect regressions in the Rust compiler and does this by building a large number of crates, running their test suites, and comparing the results between the two versions of the Rust compiler. So what Nikita Popov is doing is downloading... 20 gigabytes of the top PHP projects in Packagist, in Composer, and running the tests on 7.4, and then running the tests on 8. Oh, I actually, I, I think this is exactly how they figured out that whole named arguments mm-hmm. uh, statistic that John was mentioning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is a, a tool that grabs every popular project that's out there, runs it on PHP 8, and returns the results if there are differences between the two. And this tells them what on 8 needs attention, who they notify to make changes, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's a very powerful tool, but uh, it's it's interesting. So yeah, it, uh, says, it says here that if you download the top 2,000 packages, that's roughly 20 gigabytes. I like that it's configurable, too. You can, however many packages you want to download, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Or specific packages. And it, it even... His comment in here is, it's unlikely that this will work for anyone but me, but the basic usage is. Yeah, I got to love Nikita. He does amazing work. So that's how we're prepping for PHP 8, which is going to be in two weeks, three weeks, December 10th. Um, PHP PHP 8 RC 5 was released today. So we're really closing in. Very very excited. I should put that into my uh, uh, Docker environment and see what breaks. How long are you guys going to wait? Good question. For the, our biggest projects, forever. <laughs> yeah, probably probably as, as for a while. No. But, yeah. Uh, well, luckily, our, our biggest client has moved. We have a better deployment system now. That's true. I, I think yeah. we'll be able to, you know, get it into test or staging fairly quickly if we if we wanted to push. It really depends. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have a question for you, Thomas, just because I see it in your Trello board, is this solid card something to talk about? Because I want to mention, if you are not a subscriber to PHP Architect, you should think about at least buying, and this sort of stuff interests you, you should really think about getting this month's issue, if not like, like a year subscription. But there is a fantastic article in PHP Architect, uh, for November, um, that just does a just a great. I mean, they're they're. I think John and I were talking about it on the podcast. The, the the whole month of November, all the articles are just so good. But there's one specifically on Solid and a breakdown of the whole principle and everything, and you know, official terms and oh. real world terms. <clears throat> are you talking about my ancient ticket in Trello? Well, it looks like it was deleted anyway. I see the it. person. Yeah. Well, no. The when you go into the Reddit, the post, actual Reddit thread. Yeah. Oh, was the, it? Oh, is it gone? The post was deleted by the person who originally posted it. <laughs> yeah, that's not too surprising. Okay, I mean, yeah. the comments are still there, but okay. yeah, well, it, my 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 uh, my uh, little commercial still stands. It it this month's PHP Architect is great, and you can go download a free article. The free article for November. I can't remember what that is. Oh, it's Community Corner and all the cool podcasts you can listen to. <laughs> What's number two? That's right, us. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, this this thread was a sort of an interesting uh, attempt at a hot take 
where he was saying, you know, solid principles don't always apply, and uh, you can you can make a perfectly good application not using solid principles. And then, as his example, he described, uh, you know, the my first web page type raw uh, PHP stuff, and it was it was quickly burned to the ground. Uh, but it did. Uh, it did cover a lot of sort of interesting misunderstandings about solid. Uh, and I think the big one was that you always, always have to use the most formatted, uh, you know, proper uh, version of, of solid. The, uh, uh, Nobody, you can't adhere a hundred percent to it. It's, it's like anything else. It's, it's just to help you write better code, but it, there is no one way end all be all, code i mean it just can't be it's still an art form and there's once you, even when you you get into the design patterns you can I, go you know five different ways you're not going to pick the right one every time and i think that 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 was sort of where the issue broke down was that the claim was that these principles don't always stand uh and that these these rules are not necessarily always to be followed um but the 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 problem was that he was using as an example things that didn't need to be over-engineered. Um, and that's a weak example. You know, people basically just said, yeah, don't over-engineer things. Don't spend too much time on something if it's completely unnecessary. Right. But the fact is the principles still stand, whether you follow them to a T or not is another story. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a good discussion. If you want to like, just check out the comments. Cause the original is not, the original question isn't there anymore, but, uh, you do have a lot of very insightful people talking about why solid exists in the in the shape that it does and why it has stood the test of time. So yeah, no, but uh, yeah, universal. I'll have to check out. I'll have to check out the PHP Architect article. You'll have to send it to me. Uh, yeah, not gonna happen. <laughs> I'll have to buy it's it. Encoded, it. It's encoded with your, your information so they know if it gets out. I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, Eric, I know you're excited about this one. You know that's not true, right, Jeff? We <laughs> talked. It is true. It is true. <laughs> we talked last week about the YouTube DL being taken down from GitHub. Actually, we didn't talk about it. Uh, yeah, that was a big topic. Um, where's my card on that? Hmm. Uh, I did have a card on here for YouTube DL, but somewhere it has disappeared. You but moved yeah. all your cards into the, the show notes for some reason. No, no YouTube DL. No, I'll put there. it back. There it is. Where was it? In the show notes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so GitHub, uh, so YouTube DL, if, if you're not aware of what YouTube DL is, it's a fantastic application. I use it all the time as a podcaster. Uh, when our recordings go bad and I have to edit podcasts or something goes sideways, I would use YouTube DL to actually extract the audio from our, from our YouTube stream, pull it in, and I would edit that. Um, so it has a lot of very legitimate use cases. And but uh, GitHub, it's they, a downloader. You didn't fully clarify. Yeah, I'm right? sorry. You can yeah. download videos, not just the audio. You could download any. Any and it's not, YouTube. it's not just YouTube either. It's it's 
just about any streaming video out there you can download. Mm, 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 uh, Back you up on that one. It downloads from a lot of different formats, but none of them are protected formats. Okay. It's a very powerful tool. Just put it, put it to you like that. And it's, it's a handy tool to have, especially if you're in video production and you need to grab your videos or, or something. I, I've actually used it to back up all the, all the PHP ugly YouTube videos before where I've downloaded our whole library. Um, but anyways, GitHub gets notifications for takedown a lot. Uh, it's not uncommon for GitHub to get a notification for takedown. Typically, it's a uh, copyright infringement in the sense that um, people say that code is stolen, or sometimes they get notifications that a repo is a is a virus. You know, so they them getting a, a notification to take down a repo in and amongst itself isn't that unusual. What was unusual for um, the YouTube DL is that the, the takedown was a um, what? Who was it from, Thomas? Uh, the, is it, uh, it was a DMCA takedown from D- Google. DMCA, yeah. Uh, and if you don't so, understand the difference between a normal takedown, like this is a virus, or a DMCA takedown, uh, the way that the law is written is that a DMCA takedown takes priority over legitimacy. So mm-hmm. the the repo has to be removed by GitHub and then they can investigate whether or not it was a legitimate claim. So you're you're basically guilty until you prove yourself innocent sort of takedown. Yeah. And it's it's and typically it's a big company that takes you down. It's not like some guy calls up and says, "Hey, I wrote that song." It's it's that guy's multi-million dollar production company that calls right. and takes you down. Now, one of the things that uh, most people will be familiar with DMCA takedowns is uh, reposting a YouTube video or a music video where they say, this is our copyrighted content. However, there is another part of the DMCA that says, if you're trying to circumvent a copy protection, then any code that would do that is also susceptible to, to a DMCA takedown. So if, you're, if your code is able to decrypt our encrypted content, then we can take down your code. Uh, and that's the that's the rule that this takedown was issued under. Uh, so back back to you, Eric. So so that was a very unusual situation that that they took down a a, a repo for that reason. And it, it was obviously it's one of those it's one of those situations where a lot can be argued about it. But the but fortunately, GitHub actually worked with the repo owner and addressed the specific issues that that kind of justified the takedown. Um some of the big issues were in a few in a few of their examples, they show you how you can pull down videos from registered uh, artists and things like that. So they had them change that, they had them change a couple things in the code base. And when I say they, I mean GitHub. GitHub worked with the repo owner and said, "Listen, you need to make these modifications, right? And then we'll we'll reinstate you." And that's GitHub, who is Microsoft, that's essentially what happened. <laughs> is uh, YouTube DL got reinstated, and it, there, there was already a cry out in the open source community. It's like, okay, everybody move to GitLabs, or everybody move to Bitbucket, and. You know, I mean, there's some legit- legitimacy to that, but honestly, it's you know, you're just but because it, because it's a Git repo. There's nothing stopping you from being able, from going backwards and grabbing the version prior to these changes, right? Which brings up a lot of other questions. However, the the interesting thing about this is how badly this backfired. Um, so 
as I said, one of the rules of DMCA is if you're decrypting encrypted content that you shouldn't be, then that's a violation. However, it turns out that YouTube DL wasn't violating any any of the DMCA rules as far as encryption or decryption or breaking uh, copyright security. So when they got reinstated, GitHub said, by the way, we're putting in a million dollar fund to support other repos that are invalidly claimed in DMCA and we will defend people who we believe are being wrongfully targeted by their uh, for their material. So not only not only did YouTube DL get reinstated, but now there's a fund defending them with a million dollars in it, <laughs> which I am so excited about. Yeah. So yeah, fun week. All right, I think uh, I think we're good. Are we good? I don't know. I haven't right. done Doom and Gloom in a while. You guys want some? Not if it's going to be this Ubuntu one. I don't. <laughs> the Ubuntu one is bad. All right, go ahead. I mean, you know, doom and gloom is mentioned in our anthem, so guess we should. Uh, <laughs> guess we should do it. Yeah, it's it's. There's a bug in Ubuntu. Uh, let's see what the version is twenty point oh four, and probably previous versions. That it turns out you can uh, you can get root as a normal user in a very very easy way. Um, the the sort of explanation is that you create an environment for a user that doesn't exist, and then you. So you already have access to the machine at that point, right? So this is an escal. This is a privilege escalation thing. Hmm. Um, so you you create a sim link for your region and language, and pop open a dialog box that spikes the CPU at 100% because it's malformed, and then you remove the file, uh, kill the accounts demon, and then. Uh, and then wait, log out of don't, your... Don't get us banned for telling people how to hack a Ubuntu box. Well, it should be fixed by now if you're keeping yourself up to date. But it's it's a way too easy root escalation for Ubuntu. I bring it up just mm. because it is it is like a five-minute thing. You can sit down at a computer and, and execute it and turn back. Mm. I'm on I'm on that's, 2010. That's... Or what, what, what are we on now? 2010, I think? What was this? this was, you said this was 2004. Yeah, we're on 2010, so... But that's not my real doom and gloom. Okay. Uh, police in Jackson, Mississippi, they've launched a, a, a 45-day pilot program where they will be watching through uh, ring doorbell owners' cameras 24-7. Real-time monitoring outside of the house of anyone who has a ring doorbell. Is, is this volunteer? Like, are, Do you volunteer for this? Or are you just saying they're... They're just doing it to anybody they want to do it to. Uh, Ring users can sign up for the program and the live and live stream the feed from their camera directly to the cops' real time crime center without the knowledge or consent of their neighbors, delivery workers, children playing nearby, or anyone else who might get caught up in the warrantless surveillance dragnet. Uh, so, so I have a Ring doorbell. I have to opt in to let the police in, use it. Well, I haven't read the terms of service for the Ring doorbell, and I don't know when they will change it to being an opt-in. But right now, this kind of product is less managed than spam is on the internet. So with spam, you have to do what's called a double, with uh, what's called newsletters. So you have to do what's called a double opt-in for your emails to be valid, where the user subscribes and then confirms their subscription from an email that you sent them to confirm it. Mm. That's federally mandated, and that's to prevent spam, and that's you know almost 15 years old now, I think. Uh, that's enforced by lots of rules on how mail servers propagate 
throughout the internet and get blocked at certain junctures and things like that. No such thing exists for this type of device or this type of information. Uh, it's all in the terms of service for ring for the ring doorbell when you buy it and click on accept and they can change the terms of service at any time. So for the time being, yeah, you can opt into this this opportunity, but there is absolutely nothing preventing Amazon from making it a requirement of ownership or an opt out system. Yeah, but I, I think there's there's enough like EFF and people like that out there that will make make it noted known and yeah, I think the market, that's the thing is the market would kill it. They'll make it known, but right now the market only is only sustaining two video doorbell services, and Amazon is the biggest company in the world. Yeah, uh, I don't know. so without without laws to prevent the kind this kind of abuse of power, there's nothing forcing them to do the right thing. This is a product that they're selling to the police in Jacksonville and are projected to launch later on nationwide. Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Um, sorry, Jackson, Mississippi, yeah. Yeah, so the link in the show notes is a petition to sign to say you don't want this, that you want laws against it. Yes, because that's how I found out about it, oddly enough, is the EFF, or the... Yeah, or the the that's, FFF. That's what the, those groups are great for that that sort of thing. They're great. These groups are really great, and they cover very important stuff. But they're so under recognized by the general public, and the that's the implications. If I if I posted this on my Facebook, none of the people I'm friends with on Facebook would understand the implications of this. That the police have a 360 view of your cul de sac without your permission. It's not a 360 view. <laughs> well, I, I, I can tell you in my in my suburban neighborhood, there's enough cameras on doorbells that they could 3D, they could recreate in 3D the entire neighborhood from the different perspectives well, they get. That's always so. So you want to know how twisted I am? First off, thanks Lumjacker and <clears throat> Nick La for the follows on Twitch. I really don't pay enough attention to our Twitch. Uh, statistics. I really should pop in there, but both of those uh, people were were talking to us from Twitch. I don't. I don't know if you guys. Do you see that in, in Discord? Do they tell you where they're talking from? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. You do see that. Okay. Well, and we. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you guys saw it, but we did get subscription notifications on the live stream. I did. Yeah. So, anyways, this is how twisted my head is because we're we're a, we we know that people listen to us around the world and I, I i feel very fortunate that that is the case and we also live in a country where we pride ourselves on our freedom and one of those freedoms that is is a you know not being monitored or, or surveyed and i know other countries you know they have the the police have cameras and parks and, and that's really frowned upon in this country. And it's, it's this constant battle like this, it's this constant battle back and forth. But I've always had this twisted opinion of if we'll, we'll, we'll sur- survey ourselves. Like if the government would subsidize, subsidize cameras for homes and businesses, Oh yeah, we would buy them and put them in, and <laughs> like like every car should have a dash cam now. It's like why why are cars being created without dash cams? You know, it's like we'll do it ourselves, and then you know, like like you said, pro, pro, you know, then uh, the barrier for authorities to do things like you were suggesting here with the ring cams is a lot lower because they don't have to go out and install this stuff. They'll at one point down the road they'll say. Well, hey, everybody has, you know, every house 
has a has a code has a code that it has to come with a ring camera now or or a door camera now. So every house in the neighborhood already has one. Why don't you guys just let us tie into it so we can monitor your neighborhood and they don't have to sell the whole we're going to come in your neighborhood and put put cameras in because that seems a lot more intrusive than you know you guys already have the cameras. Just let us tie into them and help you protect your neighborhood. And it's like, I don't, I don't understand why the government never did that. Like why they never just said, Oh, Hey, you want a ring camera for your house? It'll be five bucks, five bucks. That seems great. No, five bucks. We'll even install it for free. You know, it's, it's, we will, we'll monitor ourselves and eventually we'll get tired of monitoring ourselves and we'll ask you to monitor, monitor us for, for us. That's how we are as Americans. It's like, we want our freedom. We want our independence. We want you to watch our neighborhood so I don't have to watch it. So I'm going to buy the camera and I'm going to put it right here. You just watch everybody but me because I don't want you to watch me, but I want you to watch everybody else. Yeah, it's it gets messy. I mean, one of the one of the crazy things is uh, when the Iraqi government was rebuilt, they actually implemented a right to privacy in their constitution. And the American constitution has no right to privacy in it whatsoever except for a vague definition of housing military uh housing military people by force in your house so it it gets it gets very very messy um and especially when you look at what happened with the patriot act which basically said as long as we can connect you by three or four steps to somebody we're investigating who is not a who is not a a citizen then we can drop in on anything that you do so if you know anyone who's not an american citizen and communicate with them on a regular basis then you're actually not granted privacy rights under the patriot act did you see buttery's uh chat (laughs) yeah well George Orwell said the same thing. He he just wasn't as happy about it. So it's buttery, buttery put it in our chat. Uh, this is why George or- or- Orwell was actually wrong, and Huxley was right. Which I'm not familiar with Huxley. Uh, we will accept yeah, our are. oppression willingly because it makes us comfortable. Who's Huxley? I'm sorry. Who's Huxley? But you're right. You're right. I'll, I'll just... that's, that, that's exactly. I'll add it to the show notes who Huxley is. I think uh, is Brave New World. Orwell. Oh, that's Huxley. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then I do know Huxley. I mean, we're we're in an era where both are happening simultaneously. It's mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's becoming more and more easy to explain to my friends why I'm suddenly a gun owner. <laughs> like, yeah, it still weirds me out with you, but okay. Yeah, but does it does it really? Like, look around. I see. I think that's the wrong reason. Uh, personally, I mean, personally for me, I, I think that's the wrong reason. But yeah, I was. I, I, I can I can appreciate it. I was always under the impression that that America was too modern for a tyrannical government to take seed, and yeah, yeah. and so that was my like yeah the the whole militia defense is unnecessary because our government is too progressive and modern for tyranny and fascism to take seed. So I don't need a gun. Turns out I was wrong. Now I have a gun. See, I I, I think that's. Yeah, I, I think that's what you said is why I've always supported the right to bear arms. Right. And I think it, it, it's, it, and I still, like, and to your point, I don't think, I never thought we would ever get to that point, and we're bumping up to that right now. Um, but 
I mean, oh, I mean, we're talking about the force of the 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 removal of a president from the White House by force is what is what is currently in the news. Yeah, so, like, happen. Nah, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't know. Uh, All right, I, sure I, I, I started the show off all happy and. You started it with politics too, so don't don't and, pin me on right, this. But fine, but you pissed us off with your politics, so let's just wrap this up then. Jesus, way to go, Thomas. Hey, I warned you it was going to be doom and gloom. Okay, all right, is that it? That's We're that's done? it. That's I'm done. All right, I'm, I'm done, done with you. Uh, so just a reminder, we will be off next week. We're, we'll be taking a break. Uh, it's a holiday here in the U.S. And it, I don't know. It's going to be one of those weird ones. It's typically one where families get together. But I don't know. It's going to be a weird one. But either way, we're going to we're going to take the opportunity to not uh, get together and talk. As always, we'd like to thank our Patreon patrons on Patreon. We appreciate your support. And look at you, Thomas. You just put their full name on there. I have not been I putting just, their full name. No, I, I just pasted what you out. gave me. <sighs> Okay, well, thank you, full name of everybody who supports us on Patreon. Uh, we'll we'll buttery that up for trumpet. Next Appreciate that again at the bottom of the oh, list. Now we know his full name though, buttery hey. trumpet. Yeah, that's uh, all right. <laughs> you, want to, you want to take that off any, anytime now? Would be good. Uh, if you're listening to the uh, if you're listening to the audio stream, we do stream live on Twitch. YouTube and Periscope and Periscope's working in Facebook. Uh, we stream Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Pacific time. So, you know, that, that key time zone for podcasters for everybody in the world, except for, you know, our demographic of the United States where everybody else is sleeping. But, uh, but drop in and join us. Appreciate it. Um, thanks to the new subscribers we got on Twitch. I need to, I need to give Twitch some love, man. I tell you, I've been popping over there and watching coders lately and I, uh, I don't give it enough love buttery and anybody else who's interested. I've been wanting to, um, do a video of my Vim configuration and my PHP storm configuration, uh, which I also use Vim in and how I synchronize the two, uh, to behave very similar. Um, so I will try to get that done. Maybe I'll do that on my week off and I you can show you some of the, uh, plugins and stuff I use. I know I get that a lot. People asking me what plugins I use. And like I said, I hadn't been using it as my daily driver. Uh, but, uh, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to, I might spend next week using it full time again, and then we'll see where it goes. But, um, I need to get X debug working in there, but I'll get a video together and I'll, I'll, probably just posted on the php ugly channel because i'm not going to do anything else uh besides that i think that's it anybody have anything else they want to say uh, listening. i'm john i'm eric i'm tom keep, keep it, it ugly one two one two uh coming off the top y'all know how we do listen i'm gonna drop a freestyle you can cherish i'm gonna send a shout out to the host named eric yo he's never on some average shit you know eric he stays loud and passionate i'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song you'll shout the host name thomas because he's never wrong you shout to john you know that he's smart and quiet unlike my freestyles which cause a riot i'm about to do it like this because the people love me shout 
shouts out to PHP the ugly It's called ugly cause it's not professional But I'm about to come through and bless it with style So let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room Yo, this segment of the show is called Doom and Gloom That came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise Yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish We talking about the PHP, the programming language About to break it down, no exaggeration What do y'all do for a living web applications? Okay, I can dig it, my words spray tight Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube So let's get it, you know my lyrics are major All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters But they doing what they doing, keep it ugly We ending every show with the saying it's lovely Let's go Yeah, come on, hey